The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another Absent Minded due to popular demand. We're previewing the Liga today. It's Anton Rasegård from the lockdown in Wales. It's me, Patrick Bexel from Gothenburg, Sweden. And we're having a guest here because there is no one better to follow and to listen to when it comes to Liga than Dobler Prospect's own Jukke Nevalainen. Kiitos, Jukke. Oh, thanks for having me here. Um... Anton, how is the Corona Wales going? Yeah, I'm basically uh, locked into Newport, Wales right now. So uh, it's a good time to just be uh, reading up about the draft and uh, reading up about hockey in general and just uh, continuing to learn, basically. And we have to congratulate Tampa to start with. And uh, as they won the title last night... uh, Hedman got the MVP award as well, so we're uh, very happy as Swedes. Unfortunately, Hayskanen did not win it for for Dallas Yuki. I hope you can uh, survive with us anyway. Yeah, well, he has uh, a long career ahead of him, so I think he's going to win a cup or two, and hopefully a consmite in the future as well. So we'll we'll give this one to Tampa and, and Victor Hedman. And, and Miro, Miro Heiskanen's time will come. Indeed it will. I think he's one of the most interesting defensive prospects there is. Uh, or he's not really a prospect, but defensive young players there is in the NHL right now. But we're previewing the Liga. And uh, in order to get this a little bit more organized than the Swedish preview was, with the hype of Ko Kalfield possibly playing in Rugler, which has now been debunked, um, we're going to look into to the segments of the league and uh, first and foremost, UK league is closed this year and and uh, how is the economic sanct- uh, situation going on in in Finland for for these clubs? Yeah, well, they're, they're going to be playing with limited audience numbers uh, to start with at least, uh, and hopefully that's enough to keep everyone running and. We don't have any any teams folding mid-season, but uh, uh, we'll see how things go. Uh, obviously, they're not uh, hoping to play a full season with limited audience, uh, but uh, I, I'm hopeful that they are prepared for that because that's really uh, where we're heading. I think that we're not going to have full audience at all this season. So, but yeah, right now the plan is that they're going to play with with uh, maybe like two, three thousand people in the in the audience and hopefully that's enough. That's more like 50% or, or close to, right? Yeah, yeah. So looking at the tiers in, in, in um, Liga, there's uh, three tiers to, to, to know about. It's the bottom tier uh, between uh, places 11 and 15, which are out of the playoffs and uh, out and can't be relegated really. 
Then there is the wildcard or, or play-in teams between 7 and 10, and then it's the top six teams. You might want to add more tires to that as we speak through them, but if you look at the five bottom teams, Yuki, is there any teams that really stick out that you would place in that region directly? Yeah, well, I think Sport and Jukurit are the two teams that are likely going to be there. So two former Mestis teams who were promoted just a, a few years ago. They don't have a lot of money. They they don't have a great junior system. So they're, they're always uh, struggling a bit to play at the legal level. So I think those two teams are, are most likely to be at the bottom this year. I noticed that Jukurit has a Mexican, a Mexican-Russian player in Christian Afanasiev, who uh, probably is the first Mexican-born player to play in the Liga ever. Yeah, I haven't uh, been watching him too closely. <laughs> uh, it's tough, those Mexican prospects, we need to get someone up <laughs> on that. But but uh, yeah, maybe that's something to branch out with for, for double prospects that you're part of, UK, or, or running even. Uh, the question that always comes up for for North American uh, um, listeners and, and, and hockey interesting uh, people is how close related to Jokerit is Jokerit? <laughs> uh, besides the names being somewhat similar, uh, uh, I think there's a big difference between, between the two teams uh, in terms of quality of play. Uh, I think Jokerit is one of the top teams in the KHL and Jukurit is one of the worst teams in, in the Liga and there's a bit, pretty big difference between the KHL and, and the Liga levels. So, yeah, but yeah, it's, not a, a... it's not a, they're not affiliated or, or, or related in any regard, are they? No, 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 not at all. So Jokerit uh, has an Mestis team, which is kind of like their farm team. Uh, the same way that Liga teams also usually have uh, not an official farm team, but uh, a, a mutually beneficial contract to, to transfer players between the two clubs. So uh, similar situation between Jokerit and, and Kiekko Vantaa is the Mestis team. All right. You mentioned uh, Jokerit and, and Sport. Um, which are the three teams or, or do you think it will be up for grabs for the play-in positions or... or... How do you see the tiers? Uh, well, well, I think the the next teams after those two at the bottom are probably gonna be Saipa, Asset, and maybe Kalpa. So uh, those teams haven't had a lot of success in the in the past few years. Uh, so I think they will be struggling to make the playoffs. But I think Pelicans is also going to be one of those teams that is right up there. That are they going to make the, the qualifying series or not? So, if one of those three teams uh, surprise me a little bit, I think Pelicans will be the one that drops out of the playoffs then. And Pelicans for Montreal player uh, fans is, is obviously where uh, Jesse Ilonen is right now, and for Fredda fans. Uh, Somewhat surprising, maybe not surprising at all, because his fiance or his wife is from from uh, Lahti. Uh, Ryan Lash signed with them on a on a game to game basis. Um, you think that will give them the the lift that they need to maybe make the the play in series? Yeah, well, it 
obviously depends on how long Lash is going to be there. So if he's there for even half a season, uh, it's a big, big boost for them. Uh, he's an elite player for the Finnish Liga. So, uh, but if he's there only for a few games, then it's not going to make that big difference. But, but yeah, uh, the situation is really fluid right now because of all these loans. So every team seems to have a, like a ton of these short-term loans. And we don't know how long they're actually going to be. Maybe some of them will be a bit longer than, than the others. So uh, things are really fluid right now because of that. Exactly. You 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 mentioned Kalpa, for example, and uh, I saw that they have they have got both Alexandre Texier and uh, Otto Leskinen in return. Um, played for them before. Uh, do you think that they will be able to make an impact in the start of the season at all before probably heading back to North America? Yeah, and not only those. Uh, Etul Wasterinen also from the Florida system. So. Uh, Three really big names for them who, who returned uh, after one year uh, in North America. Uh, obviously, right now, Texier has returned to France. There's some sort of a medical issue within his family. He, he left the team for now to be with his family. We don't know how long he's going to be out. So uh, maybe Texier isn't able to help them. Uh, but he, if he is able to return, uh, he's another like elite level player for the Finnish Liga. He's, he's an NHL player already, uh, so that's a big boost if they get him back. So, but yeah, uh, again, it just depends on how how long those guys are going to be with the team. Uh, I think both Leskinen and Luostarinen are excellent, excellent uh, additions to the team. Should be top players for for them. Uh, but if they're only there for, for a month, uh, maybe it's not enough to push them to the playoffs. Looking at it um, in compared to the SHL that has banned short-term loans uh, in order to maybe make uh, the series more even, uh, what do you think is the better way to go, Yuki? That's, that's tough to say. Uh, I can see benefits in, in both uh, decisions so uh, I don't really know which one is, is better I hope that uh, teams are really uh, figuring out what is really best for each team individually so if they have like injuries maybe then it's a it's a good idea to have those uh, short-term loans but there are definitely risks associated having having an elite player coming into the team being there only for a few weeks and then leaving the team you can really hurt your own team in the process so uh, eliminating that possibility might be a good idea like the shl is doing but uh, i think it's impossible to know right now which way is better all right so looking into the 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 wildcard series or or the wildcard positions um, do you have any clear teams to go in there? Uh, well, I think uh, TPS, uh, UP and HPK, so three teams with, with short names. <laughs> uh, I think those will be in the middle of the pack there. Uh, so I think they are good enough to, to avoid being in the lowest tier, uh, but not quite good enough to, to be in the uh, top tier and if one of those teams uh, surprises me and, and is better than I expect them to be then maybe HIFK or Koko 
is then dropping to the lower tiers. So uh, I think those those five teams are, are somewhat similar level to me. Uh, looking at there, yeah, go on. Anton. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a generational talent in JIP um, who switched from HIFK um, this summer. Uh, Brad Lambert, what have you seen of him and what do you think, what kind of impact do you think he can make? He's still only 16, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how well he adjusts to the men's level now. He's a natural center, but he's been playing at wing uh, in the preseason and He's had some great, uh, some great games where he's just dominant, and then some games where he's mostly just invisible. So uh, he's still trying to find his game, uh, trying to find that consistency, playing against men. Uh, but that that is obviously expected from a 16-year-old. He's not going to be a consistent producer right away. He needs a little bit of time, but. Uh, I think he's in a good position now, so they can they can move him up and down the lineup. Uh, he's probably going to be a top nine winger all season long. Uh, maybe gets more top six ice time at the end of the season, uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But I think he's ready to be a full time league player already now. Uh, Hoi, of course, is one of those teams that is, is a classic team, comes from the capital, obviously. Um, what They always seem to be hanging around that middle uh, positions, but in the playoffs, they're, they're always this heavy, uh, what should I say, heavy uh, forechecking, controlling, stifling the opponent team. Uh, is it the same as as always that they do that, and and or or is it a change in in the place in the system they play as well? Uh, well, yeah, maybe they're they're moving a little bit away from that uh, physical nasty style that they've had in the past, and and playing more with the puck and playing a faster game now, uh, going with the with the times that the, the game is is. To going that way and they're they're following that trend uh, but yeah it's a hard-working team nonetheless they're they're always going to be a hard-working team and they have a good amount of talent especially now with Emil Bemström uh, joining the team on a loan uh, another elite level talent for the Finnish Liga uh, that level of talent uh, we don't usually get here in Finland, uh, guys who are already NHL players and making an impact there. So he's going to be a big addition for for the HIFK team. And and the other big name on that team is obviously Anton Lundell. He's, he's playing a top-line center role, uh, carrying a letter as an alternate captain on the team and playing on both special teams and just just playing a monster minutes on that team as an 18 year old and uh, he's gonna be a, a really big impact player for that team how good is Anton Lundell really because I uh, in my opinion he's becoming slightly undervalued in the draft process and I can see him falling just because he's just an overall really solid player uh, that he doesn't have that skill set that just wows you he's just really good talented youngster yeah the problem is that he's not that flashy offensive guy he's he's really effective but he's not flashy and 
people can underestimate players like that. Uh, but yeah, uh, w- once you start really watching a lot of him, watching dozens of games, uh, you you really start to appreciate the game he plays. He rarely makes any mistakes. He's always in the right position, uh, always helping his teammates with anything they're doing, uh, either offensively or defensively. And just being a true leader on a, on a team, even as a young guy, and, and contributing at, at every possible situation. So, yeah, uh, definitely I think this will be his breakout season in the in the Liga, especially offensively. He was already a very good two-way player last season, but the numbers went there. He didn't have the line mates who, who could help him with those numbers. Uh, I think this year he's going to have much better line mates. I think Jess Ullinen uh, told us here at Absolute Eyes on the Price that uh, he slows the game down much in the same way as, as he thought Jesperi Kotkaniemi did. Do you see any other similarities between Kotkaniemi and, and Lundell? Uh, well, yeah, obviously they, they both have good size. Uh, they're both reliable two-way players, uh, very mature guys uh, when they are when they played in the in the Liga. So there are some similarities, I think, uh, Kotkaniemi plays more of a power game, whereas uh, Lundell is more of a thinking man, uh, playing a thinking man's game, uh, always thinking three steps ahead of everything he's doing. And uh, I think that's his biggest strength, having that high-end ability to to process the game quickly and, and be ready for whatever comes next. So um, it's an interesting thing and, and we've seen some of scouts are really high on Lundell and some are very low on Lundell. Um, in the end, where do you think he will end up in the draft? Uh, probably in the, let's say, 8 to 12 range. So around that uh, number 10 pick, I think he's going he's gonna to go there and that's exactly where I would take him as well. Uh, so he may not become a number one, a true number one center in the NHL. But at the very least, I think he's going to be a great number two center who can play in in all situations and be sort of a Ryan O'Reilly type uh, two-way stud center who can challenge for for the Selke Trophy. So uh, I think there's a ton of value in that, even even if he's not putting up like huge offensive numbers or being a true number one center. Yeah, projections are one thing, and we never see what we, we never know until it pans out or not. Uh, it will be a couple of years until we sit there with the right answers. Uh, looking at this year's Liga with Juke Nevalainen from uh, from uh, Double Prospects and Anton Rasegård from Eyes on the Price, we got a couple of teams, the top teams left. Do you have them in any particular order, or do you just want to group them together? Uh, well, yeah, I think that the top three teams this year are going to be Kerpat, Tappara and Lukko. So I think that's the, you can have them in any order and I wouldn't have any, any problems with that. I think those three are going to be the ones challenging for the championship this year. So I think they're in a tier of their own. Uh, I would be very surprised if any other team won the regular season and 
and let's see then what happens in the playoffs. But at least for the regular season, uh, I would bet some money on, on one of those three teams uh, winning. Carpet has really built up a, a solid system, good youth organization, and, and even gets players to, to stay back. Obviously, this season, they're going to have Puljujarvi back again. Um, how much of an impact player is he? Uh, he he's expected to be a top like a top three player in the in the league if he plays the full season. So obviously there are to start the season there are these elite players like Bemstrom and Texier and these guys. But uh, once those guys are gone, if Puljujärvi is still there, uh, he definitely should be a top three player at the very least, if not even the top player in the league. Luko uh, was another team you mentioned. Uh, I saw that they have former Habs draft pick Daniel Odette. Um, he just signed for them this summer. Have you seen anything from him in the preseason? Obviously, he played for the Ice Caps and for Laval over in uh, North America when he was there. Yeah, I watched, uh, I think, two games from them in the preseason. And he was playing well, uh, I think. It's it's always going to take a little bit to to get comfortable in a new league, uh, in a new country. But uh, I think he's going to be an impact player for them. Obviously, everyone is waiting for you to say uh, Ilves uh, and and uh, what's going on with with Joni uh, Ikonen. Yeah, well, I think Ilves is is again going to be a playoff team. Uh, maybe not like not quite at that top three level, but uh, close to it. Uh, and with Ikonen, I think you might have a better idea on, on his injury status right now. But yeah, he hasn't played in the preseason at all yet. Uh, so anxiously looking forward to seeing him with Ilves, uh, his new team now that he, he signed with them. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where he lines up and what type of a role is available for him. Uh, it's a tough blow for him because going to a new new team and then being injured at the start, uh, <laughs> that's not the impression you want to make uh, with the new team. So uh, let's, let's hope for the best that he can still uh, get a good spot on that team. And Ilves obviously has one of the most interesting goalie prospects um, in, in the world right now with, with Dostal. Uh, can he continue to carry that team? Yeah, for as long as he's staying there. So uh, I would assume that the Ducks want him in the AHL whenever that season is starting. So I think he's he's probably going to go back there. Uh, but for as long as he's, he's here in Finland, uh, uh, I think he's going to be a top goalie in the league and should be able to carry them. And it's not like they don't have a bad team, uh, but Dostal is obviously the top guy on that team nonetheless so he he needs to do some carrying with Jokerit having left the team a couple of years ago it's, it's is it five or six years ago right now i don't i don't even remember time passes so fast but um, yeah. is is there any big games still the, the derbies we got we got obviously Elvis and tapara right and but are there any other of the big derbies still going on or or games that carry more importance now yeah, I think uh, the Tapara Ilves matchup is always the the most interesting one. Uh, I've I've been 
fortunate enough to experience that uh, live at the arena, and uh, it's really something special. Uh, it's uh, something I've never experienced anywhere else or in any other game here in Finland. So I think that is definitely a, a special matchup, and I. Whenever we're back to normal, I, I recommend everyone to experience it if they can. Yeah, and it's uh, I think is it the Ilves Arena that has the very steep uh, steep sides as well, so you really almost feel like you hang over the ice. Uh, yeah, I guess, and they're, they're building a new arena now in Tampere, so uh, it's I think this is the last full season when they are playing in the old arena, which was the the oldest arena in Finland. Uh, so it's gonna be maybe that changes things a little bit when they move to the new arena next year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, we all know about the curse uh, in 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 Montreal after uh, leaving the forum. It hasn't really been that successful. We hope that both TPS and and Ilves will get uh, not get cursed when they move to a new arena. Um, looking into the Montreal Canadiens prospects in in Liga right now. Uh, we, we mentioned them already. It's Otto Leskinen, it's Jesse Yllonen, and it's Joni Ikonen. Where really do you, what can you expect from them in, in any order you want? Well, I think both Ullonen and Leskinen are going to be top players on their teams. Uh, so they, they definitely should be playing like a top line role and be used on both special teams. So they're that level of players, that uh, Liga teams understand that uh, it's in their best interest to use them as much as possible while they have them. Uh, you don't usually have have that level of players playing in in Finland. I think they are both they have both outgrown the Finnish Liga already, uh, so it's a it's a nice benefit for the teams to get them back for for a moment now. And Ikonen. Um... I've said previously on this po- uh, podcast that uh, I think he will have a career in hockey, but it won't be in North America. Um, do you agree with that assessment? Or, or Yeah, I think there, there definitely was a lot of potential when he was drafted, uh, but the injuries have really derailed his development. And at this point, it's it's so difficult to say what will happen until we see him back on the ice and playing playing meaningful games again, so uh, uh, it's tough to say. Uh, obviously, chances are that he's not going to be an NHL player. Uh, chances were in favor of that when he was drafted, I think, but uh, uh, they're even lower now with all the injuries, so it's it's definitely the most likely scenario. And even you can look at his brother, Yusu, and... and... Um, he didn't really succeed when he went over to Washington either, and uh, he's back in Europe. Uh, I, with, with the development of Ovikonen and, and the injuries that has happened, I can see them maybe wanting to play together and, and, and benefit from, from that chemistry in, in Liga or in SHL or, or in any other league maybe in, in Europe that would have them. Yeah, definitely a possibility. We're about a week from the draft. Yuki, you're, you're one of the draft gurus for, for Europe. Um, which players do you think uh, is the ones to look out for as, as potential star players? 
and and which player is your dark horse from from Europe this year? Uh, do you mean all of Europe or just Finland? Now uh, we can start with all of Europe, so you get to say some Swedish names. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz, uh, but I think uh, Tim Stutzle is definitely up there with those two as the top top three European guys. Uh, uh, I, I still have Raymond at the top among those three, uh, but it's a really tight group. Uh, I think any any of the three could end up being the best player uh, out of Europe from this draft class. And and after that, then it's uh, Anton Lundell coming from Finland and Jaroslav Askaro from from Russia. So that's the that's the top five, I think, from Europe. Any hidden gem that you want to mention now, or shall we leave that to the end of the show? Sorry, can you come again? Uh, is there any hidden gems that you would like to add now, or, or do you want to leave that as a suspense for the rest of the show? <laughs> uh, well, I've, I've been very vocal in my in my love for Kasper Simon Taival's game, so I think he's, he's probably my hidden gem, if you can call him that. I think he was ranked in the third round by uh, Bob McKenzie's list. And I think that's that's great value if he get in, if you get him in the third round. I I would be very happy taking him early in the second round. So I'm much higher on him than than NHL scouts apparently. Uh, but I see a ton of potential in his game. Uh, he can he can take over a game offensively when he has a good game. Uh, it's too bad that he has too many of those weak games where he's not doing all that much. So. Uh, I'm hopeful that he can he can get more of those good games out of himself and less of those bad games. And if if that happens, I think he could be a, a star player in the NHL if everything breaks right. Will it, Will it be a regular Will it be a regular player for Tapara this season or? Uh... Yeah, I I believe so. Uh, obviously, he needs to earn it. He needs to earn the spot and keep the spot. Uh, but I think he has. Uh, I think in pretty much any other organization, he would have been a regular already last season. Uh, but last season, Tapara had a, a head coach who just hates young players, doesn't want to use them at all. Couldn't even find room for Patrick Puistola and Christian Tanus, who were superstars for Finland at the World Juniors. Somehow didn't have any room for either guy on their roster, so there was no chance for Simon Taival to be on that team. But now they have a new head coach who's more, probably more willing to use young players, give them a chance, and live with some of the mistakes they make uh, because he can see the the value they bring offensively and with the skill and talent. Uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be a full-time player, but it's it's definitely up to him to to keep that spot on the team. You mentioned the the that they have weak games and, and strong games. When you look at it, and do you see that as an indication that they've had it too easy in the junior hockey, that they lived on the talent for too long, or, or why do you think it is like that? Yeah, that's that's definitely one possibility. Uh, uh, luckily, the head coach in the junior team was really challenging him last season, challenging him to be a more well-rounded player, to even kill penalties and protect the lead late in the game and 
getting those kind of new experiences for him. He's always been this high-end offensive talent who doesn't really do much else. Uh, so I think having those new experiences and challenging him with those uh, was a good way to get something new out of him and keep him focused on the game. It still didn't work in every game, uh, but I think it was definitely a positive thing for his development. And he's he's maybe going to need a bit more of that for the next few years uh, to keep his focus and be more of a consistent player. But uh, hopefully he, he's getting that uh, chance and getting that coaching uh, where they challenge him to become a better player. There are two other undersized uh, Finnish forwards who are projected to be in that range around the second, third round uh, possibility. Uh, Ronny Hirvonen and Veti Miettinen, who left Finland now to play college hockey at St. Cloud State. What is your opinion on, on those two prospects? Yeah, well, first with Hirvonen. So he's a natural center and a great center whenever... Uh, I watch him play down the middle. Uh, I like his game a lot, but the unfortunate thing is that he's 5'9", not a great skater, so he's not going to be a center in the NHL. There's just no chance in my mind. Uh, And whenever he's playing at wing, I don't like his game like half as much. And that's really a problem for me that uh, I project him to be a winger at the NHL level, but whenever I watch him play at wing, I don't like the game he's playing. So uh, hopefully he can adjust, uh, figure out, because this was his first season uh, at the wing, and he was even splitting the season between between the two positions. So uh, hopefully this upcoming season he's, he's capable of making more of an impact if he plays at wing. Uh, especially in preseason, they were using him down the middle now. So I'm not sure if he's going to get that opportunity. But but I think that's the concerning part for me. Uh, the good side is that uh, he's really, really talented uh, as a playmaker. He can make great passing plays. Uh, he can see through traffic, uh, see those difficult passing options and make those difficult passes. He can create something out of nothing and... And he's a he's a leader. I wouldn't be surprised if he was given an A by the Liga team this season. Uh, he's always been a leader on every team he's played. Plays hard. Uh, plays a strong 200-foot game. So there's a lot to like. But uh, yeah, also some things that I, I don't necessarily love that much. And uh, Vetim Jettinen? Uh, yeah, so he's a pure winger. Uh, unfortunately had to play in the junior league this past season because he's going to NCAA. Uh, he, he was ready for a new challenge. Uh, so I'm, I wasn't really happy seeing him in that league again, but he had no other choice. Uh, so I think that really hurt his development a little bit, playing at a, at a lower level league where he's outgrown that league already. Uh, but he he tried to improve his uh, all-around game there. Tried to become more of a 200-foot player. Tried to become a seriously taken uh, penalty killer and and all that. But he's he's definitely an offense-first player, both as a playmaker and as a shooter. The Kiekko Espoo team where he played last season was just terrible. They had like 
three good players on the whole team and so he didn't have much support around him so his playmaking abilities didn't really show up all that much but he he relied on his shot a lot more and that really showed in his numbers as well so there's a lot of offensive upside in his game but there are definitely big concerns on how that game translates to the NHL and I think it's going to be a long-term project getting him there if he ever gets there. So probably three or four years in college, then maybe a year or two in the AHL before he can push for an NHL job. So uh, that, yeah, that risk I... and that long-term uh, project uh, is going to push him down the lists, I think. So maybe more of a fourth-round guy even, but definite boom or bust potential there. Yeah, because I heard that he is in close connection with the Ullonen family um, and has uh, has grown up with Jesse as as one of his friends. And um, so I was just thinking that maybe Montreal would have wanted to take a late flyer on him if he was still available late on day two. Yeah, I think the Espo uh, hockey community is really close. Uh, I think seems to me like everyone there knows each other so uh joni urmo who is also a prospect eligible now he was he was training with uh juha ylönen who is obviously Jesse's father and former nhl player so those mm. those guys also had a connection uh they know each other so seems to me like that uh that group in espo they they spend a lot of time together Looking forward, this is this year's draft, um, but you are already preparing for next year's, I presume. Yeah, we already uh, published our preliminary 21 ranking a few weeks ago and already starting to make preparations for the next edition of, of that ranking. So we're already starting to definitely look ahead to the 21 draft because uh, this 2020 draft class we've been watching them for way too long now already so uh, we're ready for for the next guys to come in you're listening to Yuki Nevalainen on, on absent minded um, we got um, Anton Rosegård from Wales and, and Sweden as well but Yuki really um, which are the players to look at in in the 2021 draft well, I think the top guy from Europe is Arturatu, uh, center from the Karapat organization. So no shocker there where, where he's coming from. Uh, let's see how his season goes. Uh, he's he's shown flashes of like elite potential, uh, but then he's, he's also had way too many bad games where he's not really contributing to, to the game at all. So consistency is a big thing that he has to improve this season if he wants to be in that first overall discussion. Uh, I I think he's deserved to be there, but I could also see him dropping to like fifth overall or whatever. So there's no clear favorite uh, for first overall in 21. And I think that the top is not as good as we we are used to. So even the top guys in 21 probably wouldn't go in the top three in 2020. So uh, there's there's definitely, they're, they're missing that uh, elite talent at the top. Will the extended offseason that most players will have had, will that impact someone like Rehtu to, to 
maybe develop a little bit better this season because uh, he has been able to build up more muscle during the offseason? Yeah, let's hope so, because uh, that would be great if, 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 it, if it happens. But uh, uh, sometimes you can, you can add too much muscle uh, at once and then it's, it's not a positive thing for your development. So there are also those concerns, but uh, I'm hopeful that a guy like him has the, the group around him who can, who can make sure that the, those kinds of mistakes don't happen and his development and his training is, is done uh, as well as possible. We've seen Finland coming close with a fantastic development program. We've written about it, we've uh, rewritten about it in, in, on Eyes on the Prize, but when will Finland get their number one overall? Yeah, uh, I guess if it doesn't happen in 21, then uh, is it? I think it's 24 when Aaron Kiviharju will be eligible, and uh, maybe that's the next option for Finland. That, that that's when they they could have the first overall pick because he's he's an elite talent already. Uh, people have been following him since he was 13 years old, and and he's not a big guy, but uh, putting up amazing numbers. Uh, already now at, at the under 18 level so maybe that's the next uh, possible possibility if, if it doesn't happen in 21 because I think it's unlikely even though Brad Lambert is an excellent talent but he happens to be in the same draft class with Shane Wright yeah. who is probably gonna be like the best best prospect since Conor McDavid maybe so uh, it's gonna be tough for Brad Lambert to be in that same draft class. Also Brad Lambert it really doesn't sound Finnish I'm sorry that doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> well he's, he's pure Finn uh, his, his mother is, is from Finland and only his father is from Canada so uh, but he's born in Finland and lived here for pretty much his entire life I think like 14 or 15 of his years he's been here so well, one of my personal favorites, uh, probably going to be in that fringe first round uh, range for this year, is uh, Toppi Niemile. Uh, and I was wondering a little bit about him compared to other Finnish uh, defensive prospects this year, like Joni Jurmo, Emil Viro, or even Dark Horse Kasper Putio, and, uh, and who you see as the biggest talent among those, those Finnish D-men. Uh... I do have Niemela at the top uh, with with significant margin to the next ones. I think he's he's probably uh, he's in my first round. He's not gonna be like an elite defenseman, not gonna be a top pair defenseman necessarily, but uh, a really reliable second pair defenseman who can play in any situation. And he's he's always been a puck moving defenseman in junior. But then this past season, he surprisingly cracked the Karapat roster at the legal level. And he had to simplify his game and play a more uh, safe game where he's not taking too many risks with the puck. Um, that obviously shows in his numbers. He didn't put up a lot of numbers. But the offensive talent is definitely there. He just needs another year to, to let it shine. Uh, I, I compare his situation to Miro Heiskanen's in his draft year. So uh, Niemela is not the same level of talent as Heiskanen, obviously. 
but Heiskanen also didn't put up numbers in his draft year playing at the men's level. He was playing a limited uh, role, playing a safe style where he didn't take any chances. And and then the following season he exploded offensively, obviously. So uh, I think the situation is somewhat similar between Niemela and Heiskanen. Uh, the Niemela's offensive upside will show up more this upcoming season. I will have to say that I interviewed Heiskanen before his second year in Liga. There, there might be some correlation there. <laughs> anyway, it's been a pleasure, Jukke, to having you here. You can follow Jukke on, on Twitter. It's at Jukke Nevalainen, and it's more or less like it sounds. I'm not going to spell it because I'm going to make a spelling mistake halfway through. <laughs> Um, we're going to put it in the uh, on ice on the prize. You will find his Twitter handle, so you will be able to find him very easily. He's uh, doing his own scouting service with double prospects. Very interesting. Be sure to follow that as well. Uh, we'll be happy to hear more from you uh, sooner rather than later, Jukke. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this show. And uh, you also have your own show, right? Yeah, yeah, we do Dobbers Draftcast uh, every week or so, <laughs> depending on, on our schedule. But uh, we try to do like three shows a month at least. So it's it's interesting to, it's a, it's a good opportunity to talk some hockey and have some great guests uh, on the show. So uh, uh, I enjoy that. Indeed. Make sure to listen to that as well, but only after you listen to Absent Minded. Anton, be sure to stay safe there in, in Wales, um, where we're seeing the news. The rest of you guys, um, be sure to follow the instruction from the government uh, in regards to COVID. And uh, everyone, stay safe, wash your hands. Thank you for listening. Yuke, kitos. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.